This is the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support podcast. Our goal in this podcast is to provide you with information, whether you are a law enforcement officer or first responder, to help you deal with your everyday stressors. Welcome to today's broadcast. We have with us in the studio, Tim Falk, Clinical Director of Al Leaps, and retired Captain David J. Dothan Police Department. My name is Keith Frith, and today we are talking with Chaplain John Gallops. Tim, you've known Chaplain Gallops for quite some time, so give us a little background of your relationship with him and then his uh, reason for being here today. Good deal. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, David. Um, it's a joy, uh, probably, I, John, I guess four years ago we met, four or five years ago. <clears throat> and John is one of those few guys that I've ever met that when you meet him, you know his heart. And uh, I know John Gallup's heart. He's got a heart for the Lord. And he's got a heart for helping other first responders. And when we started looking at our, our, our program and, and peer support, we wanted somebody to lead the chaplaincy program that not only had a heart for God, but somebody had a heart for first responders. And uh, when Heath and I talked, I said, you know, there's no sense to see him go very far into this uh, because uh, John Gallops is the guy. And uh, so we approached John about taking that over and doing it and then uh, talked to him about uh, teaching in some of the, the first responder or during our peer support program. And so John started teaching the uh, stress and the family portion of our program on Tuesday mornings. And I've told John ever since he taught the first one until the, the one he taught a month ago, he's always challenged me in some form or some fashion, not only uh, to be a better father and a better husband, to be a better uh, person and, and, and have a closer walk with the Lord. And, and John's a very special guy. He's a dear friend. Um, I thank him that, that those days that I think I'm struggling, if I don't get a text from my boy at the end of the table, I get one from John. And that's always encouraging. It's good to have a, a godly man to lead our part of the chaplaincy. And so, John, with all that, I'm going to let you take it over, brother. You kind of uh, go what the direction that, that you want to go as far as talking about chaplaincy. Tell us a little bit more about you. I didn't go into that because it's too long uh, and we don't have that time. So I want you to just tell us a little bit about you to kind of get everybody caught up on it. Well, you really don't know how much I appreciate being a part of this. And um, just a little bit of back, background for me as I graduated from Montgomery Police Department, 85A. So I'm really, really old school. I'm not as old as Dr. Falk, but I'm getting there one day. But I uh, graduated 85A and spent uh, 12 years with Montgomery Police Department. Um, I was 23 years old when I went upstairs uh, to become a detective because I'd had a motorcycle accident uh, on the job and was they ripped me wrote me off as dead. I'd only been married about a year uh, at that time, and so um, stayed upstairs. And me and a, my partner Glenn Suits were partners for about six years together, and we started the White Collar Crime Unit. Um, after that, I, I left as a got promoted to sergeant. Uh, spent about a year in accident investigation, and then. Um, I uh, went to work for an um, insurance company called Progressive Insurance Company. Stayed there for about 17 years. And um, uh, Chief Celia Dixon was the um, police chief in Wetumpka. Uh, the prior chief, uh, Chief Pertry, was my major when I was a sergeant in acts investigation. And so um, I just saw so much need 
for law and law enforcement that I really didn't have when I was a, a young cop. I, funny thing how God works in ways, but um, I was a chaplain in my class um, that they, they nominated me to be. So I approached Chief Dixon and asked if she would want the chaplain for the department. She just said, absolutely. So I've been with Wetumpka Police Department for about 10 years now as their chaplain. I also serve as a chaplain for um, the Elmore County Firefighters Association. I've been in the fire service for about 20, a little over 20 years now. And um, I'm a chaplain for United States Secret Service. And I also support um, uh, the deputies or any the first responders in Elmore County. I've got a great team of chaplains that, that help me uh, do my job. And without them, I couldn't do the job effectively as as I want. In fact, just last night we had a, a fatality and uh, two of the chaplains went out and, and I got a, a text from the chief that night said, man, they, you don't know how much we appreciate them coming out and the great work that they did. So um, that's a little bit about, about the background for me. I'm married, been married for about 22 years. Uh, am divorced. Uh, I let the job uh, be my primary for a long time and finally had to get that perspective in place. And so I've got uh, two uh, son, two kids. My daughter Ashley's a registered nurse. She's married, got two uh, granddaughters, and then my son is a sergeant in the Air Force. He's married, and I got a grandson. So um, uh, my wife is such a supportive person of me, and uh, um, I'm just I'm just honored to be a part of Owl Leaps. And when Doctor Falk and Tim them asked me about it. I had to think about it because, you know, it, it, you can put so much on your plate that uh, you're not effective with anything. So uh, I had a lot of things on my plate, but I, I prayed about it. I had my wife pray about it and some of my mentors uh, pray about it. And um, I decided this this is um, absolutely my calling. Um, I, I, I love it. I, I really, really do. Um, it takes a toll. But um, it is something that uh, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Uh, I, like I said, I've been doing it for about 10 years now. And um, I'm planning on living to be 100. So I plan on doing it till, the, till, the, till Jesus calls me home. So uh, that's a little bit about me. Thank you for sharing that, John. I, uh, we're encouraged to, to know that some of these departments have enough wisdom to see the need for this. And Tim, you, of course, deal with a lot of officers, and um, we've even had a situation in, in Dothan this week. So these situations are not coming to a close. We're seeing somewhat of a ramp up. And we know that the chaplaincy is going to be more needed than ever. And so, John, from your perspective in dealing with these officers, what's the benefit that you see when they can encounter a chaplain? Well, it there's... The main role uh, that chaplains play in law enforcement is is fostering officer well-being. If our officers aren't mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually fit, it's going to take a toll on them. We already know that um, the number one killer for law enforcement is suicide, even first, even firefighters and EMS. And so our job is to uh, foster the well-being of the uh, officers and the peers that we uh, minister to. We provide spiritual and psychological hope. Um, the biggest thing we try to do is for a chaplain is you have to establish rapport 
with your officers. You have to have a ministry of presence with the ones that you are uh, ministering to, because if you don't, there's no uh, connection there. And police officers already are, you know, pessimistic, non-trusting, control freaks. So they don't really like to have, you know, outsiders coming into the the family that we have. Um, I do remember uh, a chaplain that when I graduated the academy, uh, he came in. He said, hey, I'm the police chaplain for the police department. If y'all need me, let me know. And we never saw him again. I couldn't even tell you his name and really don't even remember what he looks like. But chaplains uh, offer uh, support. It's really peer support. This is why peer support and chaplaincy work so well together, uh, because we we have a common goal uh, to make sure that our officers are okay. Um, we serve as peacekeepers, you know, during crisis. Uh, we are supporters uh, when it comes to having to do a funeral or burials where, you know, any type of individual has an experience with an emotional response. Um, not just officer-involved shootings, accidents, officers who have um, uh, family issues. And it's the chaplain's role is not only uh, to be there for an officer-involved event, no matter accident or shooting. You know, our role is we're literally on call all the time for any type of event. Um, in fact, I just went to Mississippi this week. Uh, one of my police officers uh, became an Alabama state trooper, um, and he called me up and said, hey, uh, I'm getting married uh, to another trooper. And he goes, do you mind marrying us? And I said, absolutely. So I went to Mississippi and, and married him this weekend, and that wouldn't have been um, possible if I had not built a rapport with that officer. Uh, and rode with him and had ride-alongs and and talked to him when things were going okay and not just when there's a crisis. You know, many times chaplains depend on um, um, other things that go on in our own lives, but we have to remember that I learned this a long time ago, that if you can understand what the stressors that officers and first responders go through, and you can realize how to recognize those stressors, you as a chaplain riding along with the guys, going to an event and spending some time walking around with them, you're going to learn some of those uh, characteristics of, of burnout and recognize where those officers may uh, have some stress going on in their lives. And then you're able to talk to them about it and and maybe give them some guidance on it it's um it's really if we are able as chaplains to keep our officers balanced when it comes to the stressors of the job uh they become better officers when a critical incident does occur they do make the right decisions because they're not so stressed out um and i think that um this allows us to um, help the officers to be better equipped and for them to be, um, for us to be better equipped to assist them when the need arises. You know, it's um, a lot of people think that chaplaincy is, is about evangelism. You won't find a person in the whole world who doesn't want to share Christ with somebody than me. But that's not what chaplaincy is about because chaplaincy is not about evangelism. 
chaplaincy and even peer support is about meeting the first responder officer where they are in their life, where they are in their uh, physical uh, state, where their emotional state, and where their spiritual state is. Because whenever you have a critical incident, then that officer may question a deity, may question why these things happen. And as chaplains, it's our job to meet that officer where he is or she is and become a, 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 um, a person that's listening and giving them the part to where they can kind of empty the trauma trash can that they've, they've kind of packed up for the past 20 years and really never had someone that they could talk to that they could trust. You know, it, um, it's about helping our first responders deal with the stressors of the job in a way that helps them. If you think about it, you know, those officers who police officers have a um, a certain type of language. <laughs> they have a terminology. And sometimes that language isn't something that, you know, a chaplain may want to hear or say, man, you know, you don't need to say something like that. The, the chaplain's job is, is ministry of presence. Once you have earned their respect and they know your voice in the dark, when you do come around, you will find that they do tailor their actions and their words just because it's it's the presence of uh, not the chaplain, but it's the presence of the um, chaplain being there, but I'm not sitting there judging him for it. I understand it. I've, I've been there. I've done that. Um, and it's not my job there to judge. It's my job is to support and provide hope for them when that critical incident comes. John, that's, that is some good stuff. Uh, before I turn it to Keith and David for a minute, I was sitting here thinking about something you said, and I wonder how many peer support teams in this nation, their chaplain walks around with a gun and their mental health professional walks around with a gun. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, say I, I will say this. Uh, for a long time, I never carried a gun. But then a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Wakefield, is, is one of my mentors when it comes to chaplaincy. And he said, listen, if you're sitting in that car as a chaplain or a police officer, you're still the target. If you're sitting in that car and something happens to that officer, how are you going to defend him if needed? So... Um, I decided at that point that, you know, it's okay. Now, I don't carry my weapon openly. I carry a vest that separates my um, identity from the public. I don't ha have a bulletproof vest on. I do wear a bulletproof vest because, again, I'm still a, I'm possibly a target. But my chaplain vest is a tan vest that says chaplain on it. And on the back of it, it says chaplain so that it's not an identity uh, mix-up. So my weapon is underneath my vest. And we have found that um, I'm able to de-escalate situations when I get out of the car and have my chaplain vest on rather than an officer showing up. We had an incident here in Wetumpka uh, uh, several months ago, where um, a crowd gathered and probably about 15, 20 officers out there and two or 300 people. 
I've never felt so nervous in my life about it. Um, but I had my vest on and I was able to talk to the um, event organizers and and we were at, come to an agreement that, hey, we want to make sure everybody's safe. We want to make sure that nothing just happens because of someone makes a, a, a dumb decision and it costs us more than we ever wanted to, to pay. So it's that's one of the reasons why I do wear a weapon is because I want to make sure that I'm able to defend my officer if needed um, and everything. So that's kind of one that what I came to after for, for, uh, for after my decision of praying about it. But it also goes back to it does go back to your agency. It's whatever your chief wants uh, the equipment and for you to wear a weapon, that's for his decision uh, when it comes to stuff like that. And my chief is okay with it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Chaplain Gallitz, for for joining us. We want to ask that you would join us for one more episode. If you're up for that, we'd love for you to do that. And before I close, I just want to remind our listeners that you can go to owlleaps.org and have many, many resources there available for you to connect with many of the topics we're talking about today involving peer support. And David, I'm not going to have time in this episode, so unfortunately you're not going to be able to share, but I do want to mention to our listeners that we're going to be talking specifically about how you can connect with these chaplains in the next episode. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening. For more information and resources, visit our website, alleaps.org. If you have any questions or want to suggest a topic for a future episode, email us at alleapspodcast at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-E-A-P-S podcast at gmail.com. The Alleaps Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Facebook.